ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Coming to you live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Air Team's Holiday Drive. Here are the bees who aim to please. Jeremy Branham and Joe George. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Lamont says, uh, Branham, you just dumped on your PD locker room. Public didn't need to know ESPN internal. Uh, I mean, he dumped on you first. I didn't, uh, I didn't say anything negative. I didn't say anything negative about PD. Did I? No, I don't think so. I said we got into an argument. I said I didn't agree with his decision. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I didn't say anything. I didn't say stuff that he was doing. I didn't say that he writes bad rejoins. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, Lamont also says I believe Branham's going light on Slowick. Uh, Branham could have went harder. Bobby Slowick in the uh, in that same presser said I had to answer to that. Talking about Tank Dell injury. Uh, apparently, someone in the Texans organization thought the same as the public. It's a great catch, Lamont. Well, I, I mean, I actually I didn't hear that either. So I didn't. Thank I you, didn't Lamont, either. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. But if he did say I had to answer to that, that means yeah, he was questioned about what he did. Oh, you think Cal McNair like is happy with that result? Cal McNair saying... is not questioning Bobby Slowick. Sorry, that's not happening. Well, but it could be the trickle down. I think it was D'Amico. Well, it should be D'Amico. No, Cal, I don't think Cal has. I don't think Cal medals. I, I really don't think Cal medals. I think that's over, yeah. I, I, I don't I think, think Cal, he learned his lesson. There's a better chance that Hannah said something than Cal. Yeah. Much better. I don't even think I don't even think Casario is going to medal with D'Amico. I think that is D'Amico's team. Yeah. Like, like Ime has the control of the Rockets. D'Amico has control of the Texans. I don't think Casario's telling D'Amico what to do. I don't think you have anybody in the front office telling D'Amico what to do. I don't think you have any owner telling D'Amico what he's going to do. I want to double down on what I said earlier in the week. I, that Bobby Slowick, by far, has the lowest approval rating of any member of the Houston Texans organization right now. I, I, I disagree. And I, my approval rating on Bobby Slowick is actually pretty high. I think he's done a great job. I don't want to lose Bobby like, do you, Slowick. Do you think that most people agree with you? Like because 713-780-ESPN. Yeah. 1 to 10, what's your approval rating on Bobby Slowick? 713-780-3776. My case would be he's turned around one of the very worst offenses in the NFL. He's made him a top seven offense. Yes, the rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud has a lot of lot to do with that, but you have to credit the offensive coordinator for allowing and, and helping uh, the offense, uh, the quarterback to have the success he's had in his rookie year. I, I don't know how you couldn't be overall happy with Slowick. Like, there's things I'll question. Tangdell uh, drawing up a play for the t- the left tackle of the Houston Texans in the end zone on a goal line package. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can point to in question. But overall, in the grand scheme of things, how could you not be happy with Slowick? No, I think I'm I'm happy with Slowick, but I just when we're having these head coach conversations with him, we played the audio from Bill Barnwell yesterday that if he has a, if he wants a job, he's going to have a job. I just I don't think Texans fans are going to be like heartbroken. If he leaves to take the Panthers job. I completely disagree. Really? Like, heartbroken might be strong, but if you ask yourself the question, do you want Bobby Sloak to be the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans next year, I think it would be an overwhelming yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and I'm reading too much into, like, the the, – because maybe it's a vocal majority that seem, like, very unhappy with him, but I just don't – I don't know. I don't think people think that they're they're giving the credit to CJ in these moments, And, and maybe that's part of what I feel like I'm seeing is that CJ is the one that's making this thing move. And every single time that something goes wrong, you know, like those fourth and ones, third and ones that they've struggled with all season, this Tank Dell play, all of it's slowic. It's not Tank's decision to go inside and block. It's not CJ's fault for missing a pass down to Tank Dell or Dalton Schultz two weeks ago on the third and fourth and one back-to-back. It's Slowick. It's how Slowick drew up the plays and how Slowick drew up the play to Tank Dell to go inside and block that cost him his season. Let's. Uh, I'm going to poll it. I'm going to poll it and we'll, re- we'll uh, address it at 530 because I-, I do think that 
I think that people want slowing back. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. I'm going to phrase it. Do you have any problem with this phrasing? Do you hope Bobby Slowick is the Texans OC in 2024? You good with that phrasing? I'm good with that. All right. I think that's fair. It's never coming. It's on the internet now. It is never, ever. I mean, you have a blue check mark, so you could edit it, to be fair, but I'm not going to ask I'm you. Not, I'm not sure you can edit uh, polls. What? There's certain things you can't edit. That's so stupid. I guess we can find out. I, mean, I don't need to. I don't I mean. You can't edit that. Yeah. There's certain things you can't edit, like uh, videos and you stuff. Have to, you have to charge. You have to pay $12 a month to edit I think they, questions. I think they boosted it up. I actually got paid from Twitter today. Cha-ching. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, How they much? pay me They pay me uh, twice, uh, twice a month. Uh, 45 They pay me bi-weekly. I'm not, t- I'm not telling you what's in your bank You never tell another man what's in your bank account. Do I get a bonus? You don't show him what's in your wallet. You don't ever do that. Uh, 713 I'm smoked in this poll. I can already feel it. Somebody, are you reading the text line? Or? No. Somebody said a four on Slowick. Somebody said Bobby is fine. Matt Amendola, though, grr. I'm not too pleased with Titus Howard. Like uh, I'll admit that. Good work, Mitch. We started to get a little bit of wind here and almost lost our tent. Uh, this guy says nine out of ten. Uh, Tyler and Conroe says six. Above average benefits from CJ. Offense becomes too flat in the second half for this to be higher. That's fair. That's a fair critique. Uh, you guys didn't play the full Bobby Slowick, but definitely he definitely said he had to answer that play. So you have Lamont and you have three five zero one. I, I listened to the entire press conference uh, today, this morning. Uh, I didn't catch that. So and yeah, we're not going to play ten minutes of Bobby Slowick. That's that's what the highway to hell will do. Uh, set one seven one five. After hearing him say he has no answer, I give him a six. I didn't love that part where he said I have no answer. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Uh, I, I thought that was a weak response. I ha- yeah, how do you? You sh- you've had eight, four days to think about this. Uh, too conservative reminds me of typical Texans. Eight five nine two. Very strong growing pains from Bobby. Bobby S. Slowick rating five out of ten. The play calling on third and fourth and two or less than the, has been idiotic. That's a great point. Uh, he says, examples, Broncos game in third and fourth and one, two shotgun pass plays. I, I'm okay putting the ball in the hands of Stroud, but it hasn't been great. And then also, also, how about the two-point conversions? Those have been a dumpster fire. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been beating that drum. It feels like sometimes I feel like I'm doing it too much, but I think it's the biggest flaw Ooh. with the Texans' offense. We like, have a new addition to uh, Mean Text, too, and he, this guy says, since he's not a man, go ahead and tell him. Uh, he was talking about never tell a man what you have in your wallet or your bank account. Uh-huh. And he said, since he's not a man, go ahead and tell him. Damn. <laughs> he's talking about you. That's harsh. It is really bad. So we're the, adding that to mean you know, text The later. meanest one I read last week was uh, it said, hey, Joel and Jeremy and your producer. I was like, seriously? <laughs> I was like, we're almost, I'm almost been with this show for a year. That's what Lamont did in the article. I never mentioned you at all. Yeah, but like, it's all right. I'm not cool. I'm not figgy fig. Like, I don't get, I don't get the love <laughs> that he gets. I understand. This guy says, uh, 6761 fire Nick Casario. Bobby Slowick has been great. Uh, Bobby's the best OC we've had in years, 7 out of 10. And then Uncle Barney says, uh, 7, we need him back. Now, he's going to be back unless he gets a head coaching job. I will I, say I, I think he's going to be a head coach next year. I really do. I'm really undecided. I I'm, think... I'm 50-50 like I told Sarge yesterday, but I, I think I guess I'm 50-50 if he's a head coach next year. I think it's it's really going to come down to Ben Johnson's going to be the number one priority for most teams Yeah. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And then I think you will look at you know, Chicago, New England, if they don't go with Gerard Mayo, uh, Pittsburgh, if they move on and get a new quarterback. Any team with a young quarterback will consider Slowick. I think it's going to be his choice of, like, does he want to be like Ben Johnson and stay for another year? Or, like, his stock's not going to drop. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't expect the Texans' offense to plummet next year. It's only going to get better. Yeah, so, like, agree. his stock should only go higher. So it really just depends on how he views the jobs like, and if he wants them or not. Yeah, a lot of people, like – a lot of people take a job because they feel like it might be their only chance. Uh, this isn't going to be Slowick's only chance. He's so young. I, I think that next year he would have he'd be one of the top candidates again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's a. I mean, is he a top candidate this off season? 
It still might be too early for him to be a top candidate this offseason, but, I mean, top five-ish. Yeah, I mean, like, from the offensive side of the ball, you're probably your top two are Ben Johnson and Eric Bieniemy, I would say. Because I think Eric Bieniemy has, like, established himself with what Washington has done this year offensively with Sam Howell of, like, okay, he can still coach. Like, like they, he has made a lot of chicken salad out of chicken yeah. other. And, and, like, he can find a way to coach, and, like, I'd be fine with him coming into the organization. I, I really don't believe all those reports that came out. I mean, I was a producer for when Aaron, you know, started going on the record, Aaron Wilson, about, you know, what Eric Bieniemy was behind the scenes and the way he was talking to owners and how it's hurt his job candidacy. But I, I think Bieniemy will be a top choice, Ben Johnson. And I don't think Slowick's going to be that far because of CJ. Like, I think he's going to have his choice. If there is 10 jobs open, Bobby Slowick will probably not be the uh, the offensive coordinator for the Texans next year. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm at too. That's why and I think that the closer we get to the coaching carousel, like the more likely it becomes cuz yeah. you start to like cuz I think you were the first one that kind of enlightened me on that too cuz we were going through the how many job openings will there be this offseason? It's like hey, you could you could see up to like you know, somewhere between like 5 and 10. Yeah, cuz I think the only ones that are set is New England. Mm-hmm. I think if they if there's a change, it's probably Gerard Mayo. Bill Belichick ends up somewhere else, so that's two jobs. Right, and I I think Antonio Pierce is gonna is gonna stay in Vegas. I would I wouldn't mind that. So I think like if you have ten jobs, well, we just named three or full. You still have seven openings, and it doesn't feel like there's a ton of retreads either. No, no, like I expect Ron Rivera to be at DC next year. I don't, I don't think you're gonna see. Maybe Jim Caldwell finally gets a crack. Yeah, but like I I think we're kind of past the retread era. I think a majority of the co- the new coach hires are going to be coordinators, not, I, not retreads. Just can I spin off this just from one one off one other name we haven't mentioned yet? But after the last two weeks, the conversation in Pittsburgh has changed. Is there any chance Mike Tomlin gets fired? It gets fired. I don't think so. I don't think so either. It's but not their mo. They, they'll they'll they might have a complete like reshuffle of the coaching staff. But yeah, I don't think they've fired Tom. I was listening to Peter King on Dan Patrick yesterday, and he just said that like what the vibe he gets is that there are that the way the fan base is acting and the media is acting that if it reflects the organization, that Tom will be gone. How does ownership act though when it comes to coaches? Like uh, they are they had three head coaches. Yeah, they're one of the, I mean, they're one of the organizations that refuses to move on from head coaches until they absolutely have to. So like. And, and I don't think the Steelers are going to be hurting for revenue. They're not going to be hurting for the gate. No, like, they're and, going to sell out. And and they Mike might Tom have a little, reshuffle, but I don't think they'll fire Tom. And Mike Tomlin would have a job in an hour. He would. I mean, I'd Very be well respected. Like, Mike Tomlin could be my coach any day. Yeah, I, I like Tomlin too. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Let's get into the uh, the Jordan Hicks conversation. Uh, would you go to a third year on Jordan Hicks? Uh, Brian McTaggart thinks that's the holdup. Uh, the Astros unwilling to go to a third year. Jordan Hicks wants a third year. Would you give Jordan Hicks a third year? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Planted Unicorn, hey. Give it up for feathers. Ooh, Cadillac and Tom Cruise. The Killer Bees Hive is currently nestled in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Air Team's Holiday Drive. And the two drones making the royal jelly are Jeremy Branham and Joe George. He's uh, he's George. Georgie. I'm Branham. It's Killer Bees broadcasting live from Air Team Heating and Cooling Holiday Drive, benefiting DePelchin's Children's Center. We're outside. The wind's blowing. I'm going to wake up with allergies in the morning. Joe? 
I mean, Beer uh, complained for the three hours before you got here about his allergies. So I hope you're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bill you for the spiced chai whoa, tea. Whoa, 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 bill me. I'm gonna bill you for the spiced chai tea that I'm gonna have to drink tomorrow to uh, to soothe my voice. I'm just. Is that your I'm go-to kidding. to soothe your voice? Uh, first off, I'm kidding. I like being outside. It's actually a nice day. Uh, this is uh, as this long is as the very... tent doesn't fly away. Yeah, okay. uh, this is. I, I do like being outside. Like one of my favorite things to do in radio is whenever I can do a show with my sunglasses on. And I've had my sunglasses on a couple of times uh, since three o'clock. So I'm teasing for the uh, for the sake of the show. Um, yeah, that's my go-to whenever I have a sore throat, though. Spiced chai tea. Okay. Not a chai latte. I don't like chai lattes. I need a spiced chai tea, just the tea bag in itself. Yep. And uh, drip of honey. Drip of honey. I'm green tea heavy honey. Okay. When my when like my, my green tea voice is great hurts. for your metabolism too. Yeah. When my voice hurts, I always go green tea. Okay. There you That's go. That's my go to. I like try try a little spice chai. Okay. Not the latte. Just the spice, which is harder to find. Like a spice chai tea is harder to find. Spice chai lattes, like what all the you know millennials do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So that's enough of that. Jordan Hicks, one of the uh, better free agents on the market as a middle reliever. Uh, Brian McTaggart, I noticed him. He was uh, somebody asked him a question on Twitter, and he said that the Astros are hesitant to go a third year on Jordan Hicks. Should the Astros go a third year on Jordan Hicks? 713-780-3776. What do you think, Joe? I, I think it's an easy yes. I, I mean, because if we're not talking dollars, like McTaggart, I thought his response was interesting because he didn't say it's too much, it's too little money-wise. It's about years. So what's the concern about that third year versus two years? Why can't you find some kind of option that like it makes it work a mutual option? I would absolutely go three years. Because if the money works for the first two, then you're good to go. Alex Begman won't be an Astro in two years. Kyle Tucker won't be an Astro in two years. So, like, in 2026, when Jordan Hicks is on the last year of his deal, you're going to have no payroll. What's the issue? Yeah. Um, I'm actually against this. I'm against the third year for Jordan Hicks. Okay. Um, This is, like, it's actually anti the logic of what they used last year with Montero. And, like, Jordan Hicks and Montero are, are different pitchers. But Jordan Hicks has, hasn't had, like, a stellar career. He's shown flashes of being a really good re- reliever. Last year's ERA was 329. The year before that, his ERA was 484. His career ERA is 385. Like, this isn't this, like, shutdown reliever that you can put in the back end of your bullpen yeah. and never have to worry about a thing. He's kind of been up and down in his career. Absolutely. And he's been inconsistent. He just throws in, in real his, fast. Yeah, he's got good stuff. But he's been inconsistent over the course of his career. This is kind of the logic of how they signed Rafael Montero last year, where they were early, they were eager to the market, they wanted Montero back, they gave him three years, they gave him like like the top of the non-setup man, not closer, middle relief market, and this is how they ended up with a bad contract. So I think that the the way that Dana Brown's handling this is actually wise. And we've seen the Astros in the mix for a, a, several different relievers. We've seen them in the mix for, like, Stevenson. Stevenson's a name that the Astros have had reported interest on. Jordan Hicks is a name. Uh, Maton has been given, you know, Astros interest, according to reports. They've checked in on Hector Neris. I believe that Dana Brown is wisely operating this. I do think that the Astros are going to sign a middle reliever. I think there's a handful of guys, maybe up to, like, I don't know how many guys. Let's just say half a dozen. I think there's up to six middle relievers that Dana Brown likes and would be totally okay with signing. But he's waiting out the market, and I think he probably gets the best contract from, from an Astro perspective. 
of those six. He's waiting for one of those guys to agree to his terms. We'll give you two years. We're happy to give you maybe even $10 million a year, somewhere between 7 to $10 million a year. We're not going to give you that third year. We learned the errors of our ways last year by paying Montero that third season. Now you have a bad contract for the next two years. I think the Astros have a pool of about six guys. They'd be happy with any one of those six guys, and they're waiting out the market to get the most affordable deal of those six guys. All right, normally I like to be strong in my stances, Jeremy, mm-hmm. and uh, not change my mind, but you've changed my mind. You've, you've opened me. You've enlightened me. Thank I you. think you're right. I think you're right. Like, if, if he was going to get three years – and the Astros were, you know, up against another team wanting to give him three. They, Jordan Hicks would be signed. So, like, why why are you signing him to a three year deal if the market is not going to be out there for him? Wait for it. Wait for it to be two. Yeah. So I think you're right. Like, like let it play out. I do think this is like the negative effect of Jeff Bagwell and Jim Crane, what they did last offseason. By people are expecting free agents and agents oh, yeah. are expecting you to do similar to what you did with Rafael Montero. I think it's why it's impossible to sign Hector Neris. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the, the, the pitcher is going to sign the best contract. Like, I, I agree True. that agents are using that as a bargaining ploy with the Astros right now, because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, if I'm Hector Neris's agent, give me Rafael Montero money and we'll sign with you. Okay, we're not going to do that, but we might pay you more than any other team will pay you, so let us know whenever you figure that out. Yeah. So you can reset that attitude pretty quickly, and I think that's what Dana Brown is doing. I think that's what Dana Brown is doing. I think they like Steven. I do believe that they like Hicks. How could you not? He's got excellent stuff. Now, he's never really pitched to that stuff. Uh, I think that they like Stevenson. I think they would love to have Neris back. I think they still like Maton. There's probably three other names that we just haven't heard reported interest about. And Dana Brown just sitting back. Yeah, we're not giving you Montero money. We might give you more than anybody else. Just let us know. I think they're going to sign one more reliever. I think it's going to be a reliever that agrees to what they're willing to spend, which it seems like they're not willing to spend that third year. And I think that it's good business from from Dana Brown because if you go back and you look at last year's market, there was good relievers out there. Now, Rafael Montero got a crazy deal. Suarez got a great a crazy deal. Another name I can't remember got a crazy deal. Edwin Diaz? I, but, but it wasn't a closer. There was another oh. like non-closer. That, like Closer money's different. He did get a crazy deal, but closer money's different. So, like, after... After Montero signed last year, there was like four or five other relievers who yeah. were like good relievers that signed one-year deals for like seven to eight million dollars. Yeah. It's like that's what you should have done with Montero. Like Aroldis Chapman was one of them, and I know Aroldis Chapman was kind of a bounce back guy last year. Didn't have a great uh, 2022, but would you have rather signed Rafael Montero on a 35 million dollar three-year deal, or would you have rather given Aroldis Chapman five million for one? Like that's so, crazy and that's about. and that's what Dana Brown's doing right now. He's not going to give Jordan Hicks thirty million over three years. Whenever he can wait, maybe Jordan Hicks even gets that from somewhere else. But then he can get Maton for twelve million on a two-year deal. Would you feel comfortable? Let's say it is Hicks because I think it makes a lot of sense for him to be the guy. So you go to next season. Presley's your closer. Abreu's your eighth inning guy. Graveman Hicks are battling for who's going to be the primary guy in the seventh. Yeah, the other ones are sixth inning guy. Whatever, Force Whitley, Lance McCullers, Luis Garcia. You didn't mention Montero. Yeah, he's your fourth inning guy. Well, I think he's. It depends on which Montero you get. I mean, Montero's stuff can still play. I mean, Montero's stuff's better than Graveman's stuff. I agree, but because of what we saw last year, I just. I'm not sure he's really. 
going to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, you got you got your plus guys and you have your minus guys. You have your leverage guys and you have the guys that aren't your leverage guys. So, I mean, your 7th, 8th, ninth inning, you can have two sets of those. You have a 7th, 8th, ninth inning guy whenever you're winning by three runs. You have a 7th, 8th, ninth inning guy when you're losing by four runs. Uh, so it's leverage, non-leverage. Your leverage guys, Presley's your Kozer, Abreu's your 8th inning guy. I don't think you're signing a 7th inning guy. I think you're probably right. Graveman is what who they're penciling in yeah. as the 7th inning guy. Maybe Montero can battle with him. Probably not. Well, that's why I feel like it's, it's like Hicks or X player they sign. Yeah. Uh, Montero, Graveman, you guys figure it out. Yeah, you are fighting for the seventh inning job. I would and then like whoever, And then the other two that don't win those jobs are going to be your you know, your minus guys. They're going to be yeah. pitching in the eighth inning when you're down by two. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't – I think the lefty stuff is um, mostly antiquated. Sure. I think that there is still value to it because you got a pocket of, you know, maybe you go lefty or righty who has neutral numbers and a lefty. Cool, bring in a lefty for that pocket. Uh, I think there is value to having a lefty that can face a lefty to try to get out of the inning, but there is danger in that because if he doesn't get the lefty and you have a great righty up next, he's got to face that righty. Yeah. So the, the value of a loogie has been diminished a ton. I still don't think it's valueless. I think it still has a little bit of value. doesn't have the value that it used to have, but I think they had that guy with, uh, with Sousa, Sosa, how do you pronounce it? I always it? forget about yeah, him, I, 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 I'm, he, I like He him. intrigued me enough last year where I'm, I'm okay with him being the, lo- the loogie on this team. What is your belief, one to a thousand, that Forrest Whitley will contribute at all to the bullpen this year? I think he will pitch in a big league game. And that's like what your, I mean, the, your bar is? Yeah, the, the injury stuff concerns me because I, I don't, you know, you can't trust him to stay healthy. It's yeah. like you can't trust Lance McCullers to stay healthy. I think if he is healthy, he will pitch in the big leagues. Uh, I think his stuff's really good. I, I know that we, is Forrest Whitley real, all that stuff. Like, Forrest Whitley is a talented arm that is always hurt, and I understand how frustrating that is. But if he's healthy, I think he'll pitch in that of the bin. Yeah, I, I mean, he's I'm still actually, throwing 98. Yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of intrigued by him. Like, I know that I can't trust him, but he's I still am- intriguing to me. And plus, here's the other benefit of, like, Forrest Whitley. You're not count- – like, we just went through the leverage, guys. You're not counting on him being your 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth inning guy. You're, you're counting on him to be you're either your last guy in the pen or your second-to-last guy in the pen. So you can hide guys like that. He's Seth Martinez that throws 98. Yeah, and if and that and that's, the, that's like, the exciting part of it. Yeah. Like, what if he turns into be like, Kendall Graveman was a starter. Kendall Graveman had some injury concerns as a starter. Yeah. Kendall Graveman was groomed as a starter. And then Kendall Graveman, well, we can't do this anymore because you're hurt. You're not, you're not pitching well as a starter. You're not that effective what if Forrest Whitley goes to the bullpen all of a sudden he turns into being a really good reliever so like that's that's the promise yeah of Forrest Whitley and yeah. I understand to be hesitant to like try to like you're not going to count on that because of the I injury mean, Chapman concerns. was that guy Chapman yeah Chapman Ryan Dempster's one right I don't, I don't there's think, a ton of them I don't like Kerry Wood belongs in that conversation because he was a closer he, was, for, he got ruined and he was a short amount of time he was a closer for the Yankees and I, I, I would even like, argue like a role like a role this was never really a starter like yeah. he started it in Cuba they were giving him an sure. idea to start but it's like that that ended before he ever pitched in the big yeah and Dempster didn't throw like gas but like he was a starter in Cincinnati and then became a closer in Cincinnati and eventually in Chicago and he went back to a rotation at some point but like I I have hope that it could work yeah way more than like the idea of Lance McCullers ever being a bullpen guy I yeah. think if, if one would figure it out it would be forced i i agree and forced stuff actually i think plays to the bullpen like an upper 90s fastball yeah good secondary stuff like go pitch like go empty the tank for three outs who was the guy that said that about uh hunter brown keith law it was keith law maybe you should be saying that about force yeah, i mean keith law uh, hopefully he's wrong <laughs> i know where was hunter brown better last year in the bullpen Hopefully Keith Law is wrong. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line. 
Uh, the Astros need a hitter much more than a middle relief pitcher. Spend the money on a good left fielder, move Chaz to center. I completely agree, One three one seven. I've been saying that. I've been dying on that hill before the season was even over, but no one wants to listen to me. I would much rather have a, an outfielder. Uh, especially, I mean, left field, center, whatever, but probably left field, I agree. Jordan Hicks is younger than Montero. Yes, 4983. Uh, Andrew Miller came to mind, a guy who another. There's, there's hundreds of those guys. There's hundreds of guys who were big league starters that were very mediocre starters, got moved to the bullpen, and then turned into, like, reliable leverage bullpen guys. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, the HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. We do this each and every Friday, most Fridays. We win you money. BZ money. Killer B is going to hand you some winners next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5.com. We keep getting away with it. He can't keep getting away with it. All right. It's time for you to see how easy it is to take these guys' money. Are you threatening me? Let's get to their picks on BZ Money. All right, it's time for uh, for some BZ Money. We're going to hand you winners. We do this each and every week. We've been killing it on BZ Money as well. Uh, we're up over $1,500. Let's Mr. Go. Gal gave us $1,000 at the start of the year. Last year we sucked. We lost half of it. We handed him back $500. But Mr. Gal, for some reason, showed great confidence in us. Uh, don't know why, but he did. Gave us another $1,000 this year. This year we're up over $1,500. $1,580 to be exact. We were 4-2 and two last week, made $155. So no no blankers today. I don't trust uh, Josh Chevy enough because he gave us a loser last time he was producing hmm. easy money. So we're going to ban him from playing this week. But we're going to go three apiece okay. today, Joe. What happens when we disagree? Um, I guess I guess Josh can be our arbiter. Okay. Josh can ar- – I've had to use an arbiter way too much this week. Josh can be our arbiter if there's a disagreement, but he will not sell us a game. Okay. All right. Am I going first, then? Yeah, age before beauty. All right. Uh, I'm going to just roll with what I've been saying. I'm going to keep the, the Rams train rolling hot. They're playing good football. The Ravens are up and down. I'm taking the Rams plus seven and a half. I didn't like this game when I saw it at seven. You give me the hook, I'm in. This was one I didn't play. Um, I'm pretty selective with my with the games that I play. Patrick Creighton in that contest makes us pick every single game, which is cool. I mean, it's not for money; like it's it's fun. Um, I've been <laughs> Patrick probably thinks that I think the Texans suck because the You've first been against the Texans every well, week. I mean, it's, it's not for money, and it, it's yeah. the Branham foot and mouth disease. So the first two weeks, I bet on the Texans in his little game, and they uh-huh. lost. So every week since then, you go opposite. No, actually, the the next yeah, I've went opposite every week since then. Okay. So it's 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 like a reverse jinx. So he probably thinks that I think the Texans suck. It's not that case. I'm forty five and thirty one against the spread this year when I'm being selective, not okay. this Patrick Creighton game. This is a game that I didn't play. I have Baltimore winning by seven. So if I was on a side of it, gun to my head, I was forced to make a pick. I would go Rams plus seven and a half. So I am on your side here. I don't want to play big money of a West Coast team traveling to the East. I this understand is no you play. hate that. This is this is like a twenty. I mean, I was going to say twenty-five because I think twenty-five, 25 is more of our minimum. But yeah, I would go twenty-five on this. Yeah, one. we only play twenty when you guys really don't like mine, but you basically treat me like I'm pathetic and you let me have a game anyway. Yeah, sometimes you got to throw the dog a bone. It's true. Sometimes you got to throw the dog. And you know what the happened the last week? They both won. Did they? Two twenty dollars plays. They both won. And we played them. Yeah, we played both of them. Look at us. Our system works. It's a foolproof system. We win money. All right. So twenty five dollars. Rams plus seven and a half at Baltimore. First game. I'm going to sell you. 
I think the Colts are a better football team than the Bengals. I think that the AFC South is disrespected. The, the Colts, they're a good football team. Agreed. They're re- really well coached by Shane Steichen. They're not going to have Jonathan Taylor this week, which, which stinks. Uh, from a betting the Colts perspective, I think the Colts go into Cincy and win comfortably. Like I, I feel like Cincinnati's being overhyped because they were able to beat a Jacksonville team that didn't have Trevor Lawrence for most of the fourth quarter. I think the Colts. I think the Colts win. I, I'm going to Lee Sterling this. I think the wrong team is favored. Colts go on the road, win outright. Yes, give me two and a half points. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I was making picks on uh, Connor and Beard for I was in Andrew's place. I was on this side as well for this one. Uh, I like Indy in this game. I, I thought the line was going to move a little bit before we did BZ Money today. Yeah. Because when the Jonathan Taylor news came out like two hours ago, it has not. So I'm good with the two and a half. I think they win this game as well. All right. There you go. So how much are we putting on this one? 40. All right. Bet. All right. My next one, I'm going big money here. I know last week was impressive. The game was close. It was nice. DK Metcalf, if you're in fantasy football, you love him. But I think the other side of this I like it. I like a two-touchdown victory for the San Francisco 49ers. I like the 49ers minus 11 Such a big against the Seattle Seahawks. I know. Well, I am the playing, big number guy. Such group. a big number here. I like it. I like it. I think it's good. I think they're going to get it. I know you don't like it. You know what scares me about big numbers is backdoor covers. Because, yes, I think the 49ers are better than an 11-point team against Seattle at home. I mean, most bad beats are backdoor covers. I, I think, I feel like it's, but I feel like it's even greater with big numbers. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I guess volume-wise it wouldn't be because there's not as many big numbers as there are small numbers. I'm going more percentage bases. I'll take off my nerd glasses here in a second. Um, sure. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I don't want to put much on it, but sure. I do, we- think, I do think San Francisco – Way better than 11 points better. We're going to bet all six games. I just feel like it's backdoor cover territory. All right, another 20. Is this, is this 20, one of those 20s? No, we'll quarter. Still go a quarter on it. All right, next game I'm going to sell to you is uh, I'm going to go against your team here. Chicago is at home, and yes, they're a home dog, and usually I avoid home dogs. I, I feel like Detroit needs to put their foot on the gas, though. Like, this is December. This is time when you got to start playing some of your best football. I think they've been a little bit choppy. I feel like they haven't played up to their potential. I think the Bears might be overachieving a little bit, too, with the way that they've played the last month or so. All four wins. Yeah, I think they're playing a little bit better than I what, mean, they almost they beat are. Detroit two weeks ago. In Detroit. Yeah. In Detroit. I think that the Lions, because of the fear that Chicago's good enough to beat them, I think they go into, into Chicago and just – I think they beat them up pretty good. I have them winning by a comfortable touchdown. Uh, I want Detroit minus the uh, the three points here. You know what? I normally am against betting against my own team. But there's this thing that happens for Bears fans that, like, they all get excited about. I need in the hunt. I need the Bears off the graphic. I don't want to see it anymore. Are they on the in the hunt graphic? Yes, because they're only two games out of the playoffs right That's now. That's wild. It's insane. They are four and eight, two games out of the playoffs. They're on the fifth pick in the draft, and they are two games out of the wild card spot. I need them out. I'm with you, Detroit. All However right. much you want, a thousand dollars. We don't have. We're not going a thousand on Detroit. We, <laughs> we do have the money to do that. No, I'm just saying, whatever that. you want, I'm with. Let's go. Uh, let's go thirty. You know let's what's go thirty fu- on that game. You know what's funny is I always say like we're not doing this, and the Bears end up covering. We're going to regret this one. My gut tells me. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Um, wrong. I kind of struggle for my next game. I Because the first one I looked at was like Miami-Tennessee. That number's huge. I don't want two big number games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't play that one. I didn't like the Green Bay number, personally. Uh, honestly, I, I'm going to go. I went with them last week, and we won. Derek Carr is questionable. 
I think the Panthers lose this game, but I think they find a way to cover again. You know, I bet them last week because I felt like they were going to get a little bit, like, you know, new coaching staff. Yeah. I, in fact, I thought I thought the new coaching staff was going to let Bryce Young throw 40 times a game, and I thought Bryce Young was going to go nuts. Uh, I've been trying to play the dead cat bounce back with everything Carolina. I bet them last week, one. They, they covered. Uh, they didn't put up the offensive numbers that I thought that they would. I'm, I'm with you on this one, too. Like, I believe that this new coaching staff for Carolina is going to just let it fly. They're going to unleash everything. They're going to try to get this offense going. They're not, they don't care if they lose when yeah. they have to lose. So that's kind of why I think that, like, Bryce Young is going to have some, some, some big games here down the stretch. They were competitive last week. The Saints, they're questionable with Carr. I don't know if he's going to play. And Olave had the flu. He hadn't been with the uh, the team the entire week, yeah. which is terrifying. So I'm actually with you on this. I yeah. want to go 25 on it. No, I agree. It's they're they're, they're the worst suck. team in the NFL. Yeah, the only but team like, they beat was the Texans. Yeah, which is still bizarre. But like, I, I just think they just do – they're going to do just enough to cover. I'm with you. Like, if this was anything – if this was even four, I think I'm out. Like, But this game screams 24-20 loss yeah see this type of year i kind of like to bet on coaching staffs yeah like who has nothing to lose who is desperate who is already like who who's quit on their job yep things like that and this is one where i think carolina kind of uh i think they're playing some inspired football so i'm with you on that one i'm going to give to you in that same mold I'm going to go Las Vegas plus three at home. I think that the Raiders and the Vikings are pretty similar football teams in terms of caliber, like in terms of where they are in the tiers of the NFL. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between the Raiders and the Vikings. The Vikings, I know they're getting Justin Jefferson back this week, but how much do you expect Justin Jefferson to play? They're on their backup quarterback. Raiders are on their backup quarterback. This, to me, are two even teams. I really think that they're even in terms of caliber. Same tier teams. Vegas is getting three at home. They're the home team. They're getting three points. I want to take advantage of this home dog. Uh, I'm with you on this one. Uh, I, look, they were talking about benching Josh Dobbs, rightfully so. The turnovers, way too much. Like, I think there's a good chance we're going to see Jaron Hall in this game, and and I just don't. I don't think much of Minnesota. I, the only my only my only problem, the only reason why I want to go 25, is that Justin Jefferson's going to play. Yeah, and like he himself is an absolute game wrecker. It doesn't matter. Like he's going to get his, and if somehow the Vikings are going to win this game, it's probably because of him solely. So I, I like, I'm good with Vegas. It's another 25 for me. Yeah, we, we're betting every single game this week. So we did that last week. We went four and two. <laughs> That's right. So I'm cool going 25 here. All right, big money. So we bet all six. We're on Detroit minus three on the road. We're on Indy plus two and a half at Cincy. We're on Carolina plus five at New Orleans. Uh, we're taking the Rams plus seven and a half at Baltimore. Raiders plus three at home. And we're giving 11 points with San Fran at home against Seattle. So that's Killer B Money. We're 35, 24, and one on the year. And we're plus $1,580. 713-780-ESPN. The Killer B is on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. You get one Super Bowl dark horse. Who is it? 713-780-3776. Killer B's ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sweet sassy molassie. Penguin goalie Peter Scudra says, hey, try not to shoot that puck up my pooper. I'll shoot the puck anywhere I want. And if that happens to be in your pooper, so be it. (laughs) 
the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Air Team's Holiday Drive, are being filled with holiday charity, sports greatness, and these two killer bees, Jeremy Brenham and Joe George. Joe George in for uh, for Blankers today. Blankers will be back uh, next Monday, and we eagerly await his return. Cannot wait for him to rejoin us. Just hasn't been the same without him. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3772. You get one Super Bowl dark horse, who is it? So you're not picking the favorites here. You're not picking San Fran, Kansas City a dark horse? No, probably not. 713-780-3776. you got to go dark horse team to win it all. Who is that dark horse team that you think can win it all? This is a tough question. So I, I, because I was trying to like you define what a dark horse is, because I almost want to put Kansas <laughs> City in that category. The Kansas City number, by the way, <laughs> just, real quick. A couple of the uh, the games this week. I know we, we just did the BZ yeah. money, but the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are only a one point favorite home against the I think an overrated Buffalo Bills team, like kind of tells me what I need to know about Kansas City. That's why I think I think if you if you want to answer Kansas City, I'll let you. Because they won't be my answer, but I think they kind of fall into the dark horse category. Uh, to me, it's Jacksonville. Jack- I can see that. Jacksonville is the team that if I look at what is a dark horse contender, it is anyone outside of the, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers, um, and the Dolphins and the Ravens. Those are the five teams that I think are the top Super Bowl contenders. Anyone outside those five could, could be dark horse. And and I so I'll go with Jacksonville. You know when Trevor Lawrence is playing well, like he is a very very good quarterback. We saw that when they played here. You know Travis Etienne's a good weapon. Josh Allen, they've got a Super Bowl winning head coach. Like I I think they've got the pieces to make a run in the AFC this year. So that's who I would pick. Yeah, they have. I, I like Doug Peterson as a coach a lot. Uh, the knock that I've had on Trevor Lawrence is that he's turnover prone for sure. And now I think he's soft. Like that reaction that he had for spraining his ankle and he might play on Sunday. He Very looks like it's going to play. Soft reaction uh, by Trevor Lawrence. Like people are like, oh, look at how tough Trevor Lawrence is because they saw that reaction and like, look, he's going to play after that reaction. Yeah. When the truth is, it was not a very serious ankle sprain. He just rolled it. It went inward, not outward, and he acted like a baby when it happened. And it's not that serious of an injury. Uh, but I like him as I think he's one of the. I think he's a top. Seven-ish quarterback in the yeah. NFL, and I think you have to have a top five to seven-ish quarterback in the NFL. I think you have to have a top ten offense in the NFL. I'm not sure where Jacksonville ranks, but I would imagine they're probably close uh, to being in that conversation. Uh, their defense is pretty good too. Like Josh Allen's playing on another level this year. He's getting that contract money. He's been. Uh, he might be. It might be one of those. Like I've been. I've been thinking about like the idea of spending money on Josh Allen. Yeah. But I'm a little concerned, like a guy is it, like, is playing well really in his contract is. year type of deal. I like the I like the Jags as a as a dark horse contender. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Who do you have? Ocho says my Super Bowl dark horse is Indianapolis because they have a top ten defense, a decent running game, and an adequate quarterback. Oh. Uh, I think I think that the like what you need to be a Super Bowl contender these days is flipped though. I don't think that it's top ten defense and like adequate offensive play. I think you have to have a top ten offense. And an adequate defense. I remember I I think we talked about this on the show once. Like you go look at the last ten Super Bowl champions, and they've all had a top ten offense. Yeah, I, like could I see a world in which the Indianapolis Colts make it to the Super Bowl? I couldn't. 
I don't. I just don't see Gardner Minshew being in a Super Bowl this year. When you talk about the, like, I, look at the teams uh, at the AFC. Like, playoffs in today. I know. I know that it doesn't end today. Colts would be a playoff team. So with the Texans, by the way, you're looking at Tua. You're looking at Lamar. You're thinking. You look at Pat Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence. Who knows who's playing for Cleveland? Joe Flacco. You're looking at. Gardner Minshew, you're and looking at CJ Stroud. You're telling me that Gardner Minshew is going to win the AFC bracket with Gardner Minshew over those other AFC quarterbacks? Uh-uh. No. Happening. No. He, I, I think the, if you're going to choose one of those bottom three teams, the answer is Houston. And that's where my dark horse is. I, the, like I just told you that you have a top ten offense. has to You have to have a top, top ten offense, in my opinion, to win a Super Bowl in the modern day of the NFL. Houston Texans offense is sixth. So they checked that box and just pulled it up, too. Jacksonville's 12th, so they're just outside of that top 10. Yeah. But close enough, and they might be in the top 10 by the end of the year. So the Texans check the first box that I need for a Super Bowl contender, top 10 offense. I think you need to have a pretty good coach. D'Amico, pretty good coach, at minimum. I, I think D'Amico's better than a pretty good coach, but I'm saying to win a Super Bowl, I think you need at least a pretty good coach. Checks that box. I think you have to have good quarterback play. C.J. Stroud has played at an extremely high level this year. Checks that box. Have to have an adequate defense. I think the Texans are more bend but don't break. Like They're below average defensively it's around good enough. the NFL, but they're bend but don't break. They don't give up shot plays. They try to force you into these 10, 12-play drives for you to score on them, and they hope you make a mistake on the way. On top of that, the defense is improving. Think about it. Will Anderson, Will Anderson's coming off the best game he's ever played. He's looking really, really good. A rookie that's going to get better. John yeah. Bernard's played good all year. You're also getting healthier. Like, Derek Stingley is back and playing at an extremely high level. He's playing his best football. Now that you have Jalen, now that you have Jimmy Ward back, I think it makes Jimmy, uh, I think it makes uh, Jalen Petrie better because, you know, you can use Petrie to his strengths more as opposed to being in coverage more. So now your secondary starting to play together. They're starting to figure out, like, who their best linebackers are. I don't think their linebackers are good. I don't think there's a ton of room of improvement there. But they're playing who they think are their best guys more snaps now. Yep. Well, we saw Henry Toa Toa getting starts early. Henry Toa Toa was wearing the green dot earlier this year, and this past week he didn't play a single snap defensively. So they're playing who they they have a better feel on their linebackers, and they're playing who they think are, are good uh, more often than they were at the start of the year. So I see them as an improving defense. They have a top ten offense. They have, I think, a top five quarterback. They have a good head coach. My Super Bowl dark horse is the Houston Texans. I just went through the te- the AFC teams with quarterback play. Yeah, like, and I don't then, think Gardner Minshew can beat any of those guys. Can, can C.J. Stroud? Yeah. yeah now I, maybe it's maybe it's early, but I think he's capable of it. No, I think I think Indianapolis. The reason why the only thing I would say was like, can he get to a Super Bowl? No. Can they be the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars, where that team built on defense got to an AFC title game? and then lost before eventually, I think, what, the Chiefs or the Patriots, whoever won the Super Bowl? Yeah, that's possible. But, like, they're not a Super Bowl team. The Browns definitely are not. No, they just don't have the quarterback. They, they have a defense to do it, but they, yeah. their offense is just too they, – they've had too many injuries offensively. And, honestly, I don't really know who the answer would be in the NFC. I think the – <laughs> Unless it's the Rams. If the Browns didn't have injuries, they're a Super Bowl-caliber team. But I don't think that they're a dark horse Super Bowl caliber team. No, they're just if a you threat. Had, if you had Chubb, and even Watson, I think, was starting to play a little bit better. I think Watson's highly overrated. But Watson, with that running attack, yes. is good enough to be a good enough offense with that defense, I think, to be a be a contender. But they they just lost too much offensively. No, they did. They just it, don't have any firepower. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, the NFC, it's, it's probably like the Rams oh, would I don't be mind in that, that conversation. Call. You could sell me on you got Buffalo. Stafford, you got McVay. Yeah. You could sell me on Buffalo. See, I think people might actually argue with you that they shouldn't be a dark horse but because they're, they're the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, but they're 6-6 six and six and currently not in the playoffs. Yeah. See, I don't really have a dark horse in the NFC. I don't think there is I one. I don't think 
outside, like, I have a tr- I have trouble thinking Detroit can contend with uh, with Philadelphia and with San Fran. I don't think that they can. Uh, can the Cowboys? Maybe. Like the Cowboys have been pretty good this year. I, I don't think they're a dark horse. But after that, there's nobody. Like Atlanta, no. Minnesota, no. Green Bay, no. Rams, I don't. I if, if I had to pick one of that collection of teams, yeah. I would agree with you because they go, have a quarterback. You go Rams over Detroit. No, I would. No, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't say the the Rams have a better chance to make this. Who does Brendan Riley root for if they play in the first round of the playoffs? Matt Stafford <laughs> or the Detroit Lions? I would imagine he would go with the Lions. I saw Dan Orlovsky basically crying on television, saying that that was his worst nightmare. Really? Because he's a lion, but like Matt Stafford's like one of his best friends. I mean Stafford. Oh, and and he's an idol in Detroit. Yeah, it's so, like, so weird. Who to do you root Stafford. for? I, I would I would say Detroit. You're going to go team over player. Yeah, I think maybe in Orlovsky situation, I understand going Stafford over the Lions because they have a personal relationship. Because like and like you're like you're not a fan fan. You just were a te- you were teammates with that guy. Yeah. You just be you were part of the Lions organization. If you're a Lions fan, you would choose. Yeah, the Lions. Oh, yeah, you You should. I mean, if you're, you're probably an idiot if you don't. What's weird about the AFC and the NFC is like there's a couple of teams that are on the cusp of the playoffs that like you probably don't want to see in the playoffs. Like if I'm a, if I'm one of these top teams, a Baltimore, a Kansas City, a Miami, I don't want to see the Texans. I'd much rather see the Colts than the Texans. I'd much rather see the uh, the Broncos, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Texans because the Texans have quarterback play and the Texans have a top ten offense. Like the Texans are the. It's crazy that we're saying this. The Texans are a team that if I'm one of the top three teams in the AFC, I do not want to see them in the playoffs because C.J. Stroud might be magical. They have a good coaching staff. They have a top ten offense. So there's teams in the cusp of the playoffs in the AFC that's like, if they get in, they got a shot. I think the Texans are one of those teams. Quarterback play offense. I hate Josh Allen. You probably got to say that they're one of those teams Absolutely. too. Absolutely. He if, can go on a run. If, if he gets hot, Josh Allen's one of those guys. I don't okay, want to say the Chargers. I was like, just going to say it. I don't want to say the Chargers. They got Justin Herbert. It's really good. You think there's an offense? It's really good. You think there's a way? Like at Buffalo six and six, the Chargers are five and seven. You think there's any chance we wake up before the first round of the playoffs and the Chargers are the seven seed, and then the Bills are the six seed, and the, the Texans Char- are the five seed? Uh, I just don't think the Chargers are good enough. Like I know, I know, I know that if they get hot with Herbert, they can they can do it. I just don't think they're well coached. They're not, but like just, yeah, that's where my hang up is with them. Because like we know Pittsburgh, like they're it's clear they're a joke. Yeah, but Cle- that, that's the, like the other point. If you're Baltimore, Kansas City, and Jacksonville. Like, let's just say that those are the – well, Miami. Miami, Baltimore, Kansas City. Those are the top three teams in the AFC. If you ask those teams right now, who would you rather make the playoffs, the Chargers and the Bills or the Browns and the Colts? Oh, Browns and Colts. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the AFC has teams that are on the cusp that you want nothing to do with in the postseason. Because they have a quarterback that can go on a Joe Flacco run. Yep. They have a quarterback that, you know, like, I, I, I still believe Josh Allen will win a Super Bowl. In his career, because yeah. Brett Favre won one, and I think that that style of quarterback is going to go on a run and find a way to get it done, and then the rest of their career, like, I'm done. I'll close the book on him. The first time they do it, like, I don't think it happens again. But, like, I, I still think there's one run in Josh Allen at some point in his career, and, like, I would never want to face that guy in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm on the other side of that. I wouldn't want to face Allen in the playoffs because I think he can beat anybody once, but I don't think he can win three playoff games in a row sure. or, or more to win a Super Bowl as well. But there's teams that are scary on the outside of the AFC playoffs. I don't see that. I don't see that team that exists in the NFC. You point to the Rams. I think they're the best of that collection of teams. Green Bay. They're in the playoffs right now. They don't scare me. Minnesota doesn't scare me. Atlanta doesn't scare me. Seattle doesn't scare me. Yeah. Tampa doesn't. New Orleans doesn't. Like none of those teams scare me. The NFC. 
Like, we talk about this in college football. Like, is a 14 better, a 14 playoff better than a 12 team playoff? Blah, 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 blah. If the NFC, if the NFC had a 14 playoff this year, I would not care. I wouldn't care. I have a. I only care about four teams in the NFC. I think there's only four serious contenders in the NFC Philly, San Fran, Detroit, Dallas. I don't think there's a chance for anybody else to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Not a single one. I know we got to play who said it, but I have a question for you that I really like. All right. If we if we turn to the NFL college football playoff, four teams get in. Who are your four teams? Just okay. I'd have to think about that for a little bit. We're going off resume, or we're we going off best teams. All of whatever you want. You're the committee. Okay. Well, I, you're going to have to put in Philly because they have the best record. There's so only the only Philly, team. San Francisco, who just San Fran, you just hammered them. Miami. I would go Miami. And then is it like Dallas? I, uh, yeah. Kansas City. I'd probably be Dallas. Yeah. I, I think I, Dallas would have a better resume than Kansas City. And then the eye test, like Kansas, like if you eliminated the name on Pat Mahomes' jersey, if that was just some random quarterback you've never heard of, and it's not his fault, it's the offense's fault, and he has zero skill around him outside of Travis Kelsey. So it's not a knock on Pat Mahomes. I think Pat Mahomes is the greatest quarterback talent we've ever seen in our lives. So it's not a knock on Mahomes. But if you didn't, like if you had your football mind erased before the start of this season, I don't think anybody in their right mind would be picking Kansas City to win a Super Bowl. Agreed. Anybody. Agreed. But because you have Pat Mahomes, that's the reason why you think they can. So if I'm going college football playoff, I would go Miami, Baltimore. Or I'm sorry, I would go Miami, Philly, San Fran, Dallas, which is crazy. Yep. And I also think that the strength of the AFC is probably why you're not picking a second AFC team. Because the, the NFC is way stronger right now at the top. Is it stronger at the top, or is it the fact that there's only four good NFC teams and the rest are awful and you're playing NFC teams more than you're not? Fair point. See, I think it's more that. Because if you go Miami versus Philly, who wins that game? Philly. I don't know. Miami's offense is unbelievable. Miami hasn't beaten a good team, but and Philly just got hammered. Baltimore, San Fran, I'm probably leading San Fran there. Kansas City, Detroit, I'm leading Kansas City. Jacksonville, Dallas, probably go Dallas. Cleveland, Atlanta, that's an ugly game. Probably go Atlanta. <laughs> that's gross. Maybe the NFC is better than I think. Maybe the AFC is not as good as I think. This is wild. All right, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Who said it when we come back? Everybody's favorite game. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5, you've chosen wisely. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. 